Please join me this morning in John chapter 14 as we continue our series through the gospel according to John. John chapter 14, and we'll begin by reading verses 15 through 27. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, and ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt make, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Last week we zeroed in on verse 15 where we saw that which shows our love for Christ is our obedience to His commandments. When we are born again, we become a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold all things are become new. Therefore, with everything becoming new, there ought to be a change in our behaviors. There ought to be evidences of a new life. And that will be made manifest when we start living in obedience to God's Word. Do you love Him? Then you will seek to obey Him. And when you love Him, get this, there'll even be a desire to follow His commandments. Amen. Now as we begin today, remember that Jesus has already said in this discourse that He is going away. And where He is going, they cannot follow Him. Is everybody okay this morning? Alright, some of you look like you'd rather be at the mortuary. We might can arrange that. Did you hear the one about the preacher or the preacher who was preaching and four people died or a person died in the service? Did you hear about that one? He was preaching and a man up and died while he was preaching. And they called the paramedics and the paramedics came and they drug out four other people before they got the right one. <laughs> Amen. So it'd be nice if you tell your face you're saved this morning. Amen. <laughs> That's how dead some churches are if you missed it. So, Jesus has said He's going away. Where He's going, He said they cannot follow. In John 13, 33, Jesus said, Little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek Me. And as I said unto the Jews, Whither I go, ye cannot come. So now say I to you. 
And at the end of John 14, 2, it says, I go to prepare a place for you. And we see in verse 19, yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. There was coming a point when Jesus would no longer be upon this earth because as we know, He would ascend back to His Father after He resurrected. Some 40 days after His resurrection, He'd go back to heaven. But remember that this chapter begins with, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in Me. Jesus doesn't want His disciples troubled about His soon departure. Now, we can't really relate to what they were going through because we've never seen Christ upon this earth physically. But we have to keep in mind that these men, they gave up everything to be with Christ for three and a half years. John would later write about Christ in 1 John 1 and 2. That which was from the beginning we have heard and we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. He says, we know Christ because we handled Him. We touched Him. We walked with Him. We heard Him speak. We saw Him with our own eyes. They literally were with Jesus Christ who was God in the flesh. But here in our text, He's close to the grave. And in their minds, it now appears as though it's all coming to an end. And it'll certainly appear that way when Christ is nailed to a cross and put in the ground. But we see this amazing promise in our text. Jesus tells them that He will pray the Father and that He would give them another comforter. (laughs) The very fact that Jesus says, I'm going to provide you another comforter proves that Jesus was their comfort. You catching that? And now he's about to go away. But Jesus says in verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. And in verse 16, it is said of this comforter that he would abide with them forever. Jesus had to go away, but this comforter that would come would never depart away. Would never leave the believer who is this comforter. He's called the Spirit of Truth in verse 17. In verse 26, He's called the Holy Ghost. Who is this Comforter? He's the third manifestation of the triune God. There is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God. Now you got to know that going forward. The Holy Spirit is God. Just manifested Different than Christ. And this passage is so great because if you slow down and digest all of these words, especially the pronoun usages, this text will become a great comfort to you while you live this life below. Let's notice carefully what is being said here by Christ. He says in verse 16, another comforter will come and that He will abide with them forever. Then notice in verse 18, Jesus says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. In verse 20, Ye shall know that I am in, the, in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. In verse 21, I will love Him and will manifest Myself 
to him. In verse 23, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now, do you see what Jesus is saying? We sometimes get so focused on God the Father, God the Son, we kind of leave God the Holy Spirit over here. No wonder we have dead churches. It's no wonder. But if you slow down and see what's being said here, though Christ would have to go away physically, He Himself would come again to them in the form of the Holy Ghost. And in fact, Jesus says, we will come. We will make our abode. Now, every believer, every born-again believer of God has God living in them. Now, that's enough to take a lap over right there. We need some more John the Baptist who when Mary came, John in Elizabeth's womb, he took a lap in there. The Bible says he leaped. Amen. Say, why you get so excited? Because it's the best thing going. Amen. God resides within every believer. This is the essence of the Christian life. When Christ was prophesied to be born, Isaiah penned in Isaiah 7.14, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. The interpretation of that is given in Matthew 1.23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call His name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Isaiah 9 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. John 1 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When it says that Jesus dwelt among us, it means that He tabernacled with us. He encamped. He resided among us. Now that's awesome in of itself that God would manifest Himself upon this earth in the form of the Lord Jesus Christ just to save sinners. Amen. But now consider, God tabernacles within every believer. Any who will place their faith and trust in Christ alone for salvation will have God Almighty dwelling within them. God is still dwelling among us. It's in the heart of His people. And that's why the Bible says if there are two or three gathered together, I'll be in their midst. God is with us. Now where are you taking God? Where do your feet take God? Where do your eyes take God? Where do your ears take God? That's not in my notes. That's free. But where are you taking God? In the Old Testament, God wanted Israel to have a tabernacle placed in the very center of the camp. 
And it was where God would meet with them. Exodus 29.45 says, And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. God has always desired a people to dwell among. Now that's a mystery to me. But if a people would call out to Him as their one true God, then God says to those people, I will be their God. Now in this New Testament age, after Christ's ascension, we have God living within us. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? 1 Corinthians 6.19 and 20, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? Which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. 2 Corinthians 6, verses 16 through 18. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and my daughters, saith Lord Almighty. Now what should this do for every believer? You say, that's great. But what does that do for me? Well, He's called the Comforter. Amen. He's called the Comforter. And in verses 1 and 27, both of those verses say, let not your heart be troubled. In fact, verse 27 kind of sums things up pretty well. If you look at that again, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Having the Holy Ghost indwelling us, having God inside of us, it causes us not to be agitated in this life. It causes us not to be troubled as we go through life. We're not troubled about outcomes. We're not supposed to be. Uh, Being troubled has the idea of of stirring up a, a body of water that has some sort of sediment and it begins to muddy the water. That's being troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Whatever the Lord wills in my life, I don't have to be troubled about it. Amen. Neither let it be afraid. Having the Holy Ghost uh, causes us not to be afraid. We don't have to live in fear. I can live a life without fear of the unknown because I have God dwelling in me. 1 John 4, 4 says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome uh, them because greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. We can have peace that passes all human understanding. Peace here does not mean the absence of war. It does not mean the absence of any kind of tribulation or any kind of persecution. But peace here means that there is a quiet rest that will come over the child of God through all of life's circumstances. People get so worked up over life. 
so worked up over how this is going to turn out and how this is going to play out and what are we going to do here and woe is me. And yet they say that God has saved their soul and yet they don't trust God to get them through life. We can have peace with God. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to live troubled lives. We don't have to live in fear anymore. We don't have to live without peace in our life. Why? Because we know God through Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost lives within us and now we can have peace, we can have stillness, and we can have confidence. I don't know about you this morning, but I have peace about life after death. I'm not troubled about my eternal state any longer. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not particularly looking forward to it. But I ain't afraid of it. I have all these blessings not because I've done something great. Not because I have attained some higher level of spirituality through some process of enlightenment and transcendental meditation. But I have all of this and then some because God took up residence within me and He gave it all to me. Titus 3, 5-7 through says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. There's nothing excellent up here. Amen. There's nothing excellent that merited God's favor, but it was totally upon the blood of Jesus Christ and any sinner who will realize that they are lost without Christ and will place their faith and trust in Him and be washed in His blood to be plunged in that fountain and to come up a new creature, God says, I will take up residence within you and you can have peace. You can have comfort. You can have stillness in this life. Oh, mercy, the Christians that are running around like God's not on the throne. It's not of us, it's all of God. He gave us this treasure in our earthen vessels of clay that's into our bodies. And no matter which direction this world may go, I can have peace that with God, everything is functioning according as He planned. Pastor Williams would say, all is well in my Father's house. Paul said it well in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. All those things can happen in life, and yet we don't have to let it affect us. Because God lives in us, and if we walk in the Spirit, then He'll do everything. Kenny mentioned 
Jesus walking upon the water. He'll come walking upon our storm. And the troubles He goes through just to get to us. Ah, but you know what? If you don't know this about Dr. Tom Williams, if I can pause for just a minute. If you've never seen him preach or pray, I can tell you from experience, he'll lay his Bible down and he'll get down and he'll do this and he'll pray. I've seen him get on his knees and on his face before. Remember that? And he prayed. And after the service, he'd come down and he'd get on his face and he'd pray. And you see, that's the kind of person that has peace with God. That's the kind of person that doesn't get agitated. That's the kind of person that doesn't get stirred up. But you see, what we like to do is we go through life. We don't really honor God. We just kind of check the boxes. And then all of a sudden, life blows up and a trouble arises. And we come running to God and say, Oh God, won't you help me? God says, I've been here the whole time. you got to walk with Him. We can have comfort. When things in my world change drastically, and boy, they do. I wear my emotions on my sleeve, and there are times when I go from here down to here. I don't know if anybody else is like that. Brother Long, I don't know how you do it. Even Stephen. But I'm like this. But you know what? Whatever in my world changes, I'm comforted. When the enemy attacks, and he does... I'm comforted. And it's because I know God and He knows me. I want to ask you a question this morning. Do you have peace with God today? Do you have peace with God? This comfort and peace which I've been talking about is not something you gain from the world. It's something that the world cannot even possess. Jesus said, this peace or the peace I give is not as the world gives. You're not going to get it by going out there on Facebook. You're not going to get it in your little corny romance novels. You're not going to get it through some kind of project in the garage. You're not going to get it by piddling around in the yard. Come on now. You're not going to get peace with God and you're not going to be able to trick yourself into thinking you have peace by doing the things of the world. The only way you get peace is by going to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have peace with God? Jesus said in verse 21, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. So Judas, it says, not Iscariot. That'd be good to know, amen. Um, In fact, this is probably, if I have my facts straight, this is the brother of James, who his name is changed to Jude, the, the little book of Jude. Um, and so to differ him from Judas Iscariot. And sometimes it's okay to change your name. If your parents named you Jezebel, you just go ahead and change your name. <laughs> Say, what am I going to change it to? Well, you can probably change it to Mary like everybody else. Uh, where's Mary deal? <laughs> I always forget people are in here that are named these names. Sorry, Mary. And uh, Miriam, how's that? Use the Hebrew version of it. And so anyway, it's not Judas Iscariot. He's already left. He's on his way to betray. We covered that already. But Jude here, he asks a legitimate question in verse 22. He says, how is it that you're going to manifest yourself unto us and not unto the world? Well, that makes sense to me. I would probably have asked that question myself. But Jude was thinking of an outward manifestation. But what Jesus is speaking of is an inward indwelling unseen by human eyes. Jesus says, if a man love me, he will keep my words 
and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. There's only one way to have peace with God this morning, and that's whether or not God is dwelling in you. And then Christ will make himself manifest to you. He will make himself known to you that you are a child of God. Get this passage, Romans 8, verses 15 and 16. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Spirit bears witness with us that we are His child. I always start at square one. Do you know the Lord? Well, I think so. Does God know you? Well, I hope so. The Bible says the Spirit testifies to our spirit that we are His child. So how do we know? How do we know we're God's child? How do we have peace with God? Because the Spirit within us is testifying to us. And if you don't have that testimony within you this morning, then you're not his child. That's not me. And I'm not trying to make you doubt your salvation. God knows my heart. But it means you don't have peace with God either. Listen to what he said earlier in Romans 8 verses 8 and 9. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You cannot be God's child if you don't know the Holy Spirit's dwelling within you. But once you know that, and once you experience that, and once you know Him, there's an unshakable faith. Because you know you're God's. There's a song entitled, He is mine and I am His forever. And it reads, God's amazing grace sent down from heaven. Rescued me from death and from shame. Opened up my eyes and brought salvation. Now I'm His. Praise His holy name. Now I know He is mine and I am His forever. He is leading me along life's way. He'll be holding to my hand when I cross death's river. He will take the sting of death away. Tis so sweet just to know I have Jesus with me. He will keep me from sin and from strife. He delivered me from condemnation. Now I have eternal life. He'll be holding my hand when I cross death's river. He will take the sting of death away. Now I know He is mine and I am His forever. When you know Him, you know that you know Him. And once He indwells you, He abides there forever. Nothing can change that. We are not of those who believe you can lose your salvation. You weren't good enough to get it, and you're not good enough to keep it. I don't know where we get the idea that we're not good enough to earn it, but we're good enough to hang on to it. You might could quench his influence in your life, but you can't evict him. There's a song entitled, He Lives. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. In all the world around me, I see his loving care. And though my heart grows weary, I never will despair. I know that he is leading through all the stormy blast. The day of his appearing will come at last. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice and and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ, the King. The hope of all who seek Him. The help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good, 
and kind. And, and it was the chorus in that first verse that really got me. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives? He lives within my heart. Doesn't matter what you say. You cannot take that away from me. I know that God is living do you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you today? Do you know God? And does God know you? Are you comforted by God this morning? Do you have the peace which only comes from God? Or are you troubled and afraid? Whatever you're going through this morning, it's the Holy Ghost that you need. It is God in you that you need. The world's not going to give you the peace you need. But God will. Let's pray.